0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, I'll tell you what, we had a good time with Dr. Barclay this morning. Man, that was so really, that was so good. I asked him when we was at the airport, We got to, we, he stayed by truck with me for quite a while, waiting on the plane to get ready, and uh, I said, I said, well, how did the people receive you? Because a lot of people here hadn't heard it before. He said, I could have kept on preaching and preaching and preaching. said they was hungry and they wanted it. They received the message. They received what he had. And we had such a great, great personal time with him. I've been with him a lot of times over the years. We were sitting there out at the airport. It was so nice to hear him tell us personal stories about Brother Hagan, things that he did behind the scenes of Brother Hagan. Some of it was kind of funny. And with Dr. Summerall, with Oral Roberts, he told us some funny things about Oral Roberts. Really, really funny stuff that happened behind the scenes. And you know what that told me? Every one of these great men of God that we've seen in our lifetime are real people. They're real people. That's what we are. We're real people. But something we've got to always remember as believers, like like he said, we're not mere earthlings. We're people that have the living God. On the inside of us, we're people that Jesus. I taught a couple weeks ago that we can do the works of Jesus. He told us, "The works I do, shall you you do also." And you know, I think about the lady that got born again, healed last week. There's no human being that can cure cancer, but believers full of Jesus can lay hands on people with cancer, and the cancer be healed in one second. Amen. We're supernatural people. So anyway, everything that he said this morning, I really appreciated. But as we look at the Word of God tonight, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about how you can know the will of God when you pray. Amen. How you can know the will of God when you pray. I remember when I first got saved, I called up in my upper room. I was single and I was praying for a place to live and, uh, the Lord sent me to this old woman. She was in her seventies. At her boyfriend, he he drove. He he would drive up like it was probably probably at least sixty miles, seventy miles, from where he lived at to date her. And the first time I went there to apply for living in that place there, she said, "Well, I got to talk to Mister Wright." I said, "Who's Mister Wright?" She said, "He's my boyfriend." I think she was seventy-seven. I said, "Where's he at?" And he was born in eighteen ninety-nine. And at that time, he was like eighty-five. I think. And said he's up there fixing the roof. She had a two-story house. <laughs> this, this old guy was up there working on the roof, and he came down. But I remember, well, I'm just thinking about him. He was, he, he was really a great, great, great saintly man of God, but he hadn't been taught the Word. And all the time when I'd be talking to him about things going on in life, he'd ask me questions, because he'd expect me as a, as a young believer, uh, as a young, someday going to be a preacher. And he'd always make this statement. Oh, if I only knew the will of God. That's how he talked. He kind of had this kind of, kind of deep religious voice. If I only knew the will of God. And, you know, I tried to tell him my, my, my level of knowledge back then. Well, if you read your Bible, you can know the will of God. he wanted want to pray about things. And, you know, I, I think about so many people today, even to go to this church, there's probably things going on in your lives. Tom, get that ring out of there, turn me down or something. There's pro- probably things going on in some of your lives that you need to know the will of God. And when you know the will of God in prayer, then you know you're going to get answers. Amen? We're going to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Uh, Melinda, can you do that in Dylan's voice? <laughs> uh, we're going to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. All right, that, that, that's a little better. But, uh, you know, when, when, when I look at this, thought, I'm thinking about... As I was taking, writing some notes down this afternoon, I was thinking about something Brother Hagin used to always say. Brother Hagin said, he, he, always, he always had his altar open and people come up for praying. And sometimes Brother Hagin would close his service I said, everybody, let's just come up the altar and pray. And so people come up, they get on their knees, they walk around the altar praying. And he said, I used to <coughs> kind of take a, <coughs> excuse me, he said, I'd take a mental survey. He said, just to kind of see where people were standing, what was going on. He said, he walked up to them, they'd pray, and he said, tap on the shoulder, hey, he said, what verse are you standing on? And they'd say, well, none. He'd say, well, that's that you're going to get, then none. He said, he'd tap on another one. He'd say, he say, well, what verse are you standing on? they say, nothing. He said, well, that's what you get, then nothing. And he talked about people that come to him in crisis, and whether it was health crisis, family crisis, financial crisis, whatever it was, and when he tried to help them, he'd say, well, well, what scriptures are you standing on? And then they say, well, nothing in particular. He'd say, well, that's where you're going to get this, nothing in particular. And so, you know, like Pastor Dave said a while ago, we're High Desert Word Center. And we didn't give it that name. This church had that name before we came here. But when God, when God told us about California, come to California, is kind of a strange thing? It has to be a word Pastors, He says to a place called Word Center. And you need to make the word central in your life. It's the first John chapter 5, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 14 and 15 says this. Oh, this whole verse is so good. And this is the confidence that we have in him. And that's the number one thing in prayer. You've got to have confidence in him. You know, I'll tell you, I I, I can't get on the social media hit because I I hate what I see happen to Christians on social media. If you've got confidence in Him, why do you need a thousand likes to know you're going to get it? If you've got confidence in Him, why do you even need the preacher to agree with you? You know, that's okay. We want to pray, we want to agree. But your number one thing is, you've got to know that he's real. And if you're praying, and you're not really sure you're praying to, brother, another Brother Hagin thing, he used to say, a lot of Christians might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Said they get just as much results for the way some Christians believe in praying. And so he says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And then verse 15 says this. If we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have. We know that we have. How do we know that we have? Because we know he hears us. How do we know he hears us? Because we're asked according to his will. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so these two verses right here. Guarantee you that God will answer your prayers when you learn how to pray right. Isn't that what it says? It said, you're asking according to His will, you got His attention. Have you got His attention? He says you'll have it when you're praying according to His will. And I heard this statement made years ago, and it's so true. Faith begins. You might want to write this down. This is a nugget. It's not mine. Somebody else said it, but it's good. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Isn't that what he's talking about this verse here? We have confidence in Him when we pray the will. That gives you confidence. What I went through cancer stuff and all the stuff I went through, I didn't have any doubt where Jesus stood my life in healing. Amen. And so this is true in every area of your life. We're going to look at some things in the Word of God tonight about knowing the will of God in different areas. But I'll tell you what, if you're having marriage problems, I'll show you how to pray the will of God for your marriage. If you're having children problems, I'll show you how to pray the will of God concerning your children. If you're having a problem with finances, I'll show you how to pray the will of God for money. I'll show you how to pray the will of God uh, for what your calling is in life. Whether it's to be a good worker out there, it's a Christian witness. Or maybe someday be in the ministry or something, whatever it is, the Bible has the answer of what God's will is for everything you'll ever face in life. You know, I think about sometimes how shallow some Christians are that we see in the Bible that Jesus said He knows the number of every hair on your head. He says when He knows when you lay down and when you get up. Said God's even so, so awesome said He knows Every time that little bird falls to the ground, you say, are you not more, more valuable than many sparrows? And so we think about that. If God is that awesome, why should we as Christians not know how to get answers to prayer? Amen. And so anyway, I want us to make this statement again. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And so how can you know if you're praying the will of God when you pray? You know, this is a question. That Christians need to have answered from the Bible to become good prayers. How can you know the will of God when you pray? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. And, you know, I, I think sometimes about the kingdom of God. And you know, Dr. Barclay talked about his upbringing and his past and things like that. Man, I know I know what it is to be raised raised in an alcoholic home. I mean, you know, some of you have heard some of my stories. Some of you haven't. I started to tell Dr. Barclay when we was having lunch, but I just, just skipped over it. When I was 16 years old, 16 years old, I was pronounced dead at the scene of a drunken accident. And I was the drunk at 16. They called for the coroner to come and pick up my body. I had I always got hot rod cars. My dad liked hot rod cars. I always had hot rod cars. And I had an uncle to build and used cars. So I got this car that was way too much for a stupid 16-year-old boy. It was a former police car. It was fairly new. You know, probably probably uh let's see it was a 65, this was 68, so three years old, a retired police car, but it had at that time a really hot engine called a 390 police interceptor. And I I, uh, that, that, that car was so powerful, I could sit in a parking lot and brake torque it and dig two holes in the parking lot. I did that before, just showed off to my buddies. That's how much power it had. But at 16 years old, I was with some guys. I got so drunk, I didn't remember anything about that night. Till I woke up in the criminal war at the hospital with a guy sitting on my chest, on my head up. And then come to, come to find out that I rear-ended a guy at a traffic light. He was sitting still and I was zooming down the road and I hit him. And I put the engine all the way through the dashboard on top of my head. And so at that time, my dad was really good friends with the policeman that he rode around with his car stuff in Indianapolis. And the policeman told him the story, said that uh, they called for a superior officer at the scene of the fatality. Yeah, they had the coroner coming. And so then this superior officer came and he got down there. He put his head on my chest and said, I hear something said, call for, get an ambulance in here. So they got the ambulance. They took me there. And, and, uh, you know, I I think about life back then. The only Christian influence I had in my whole family I know of was my Baptist grandma. And so I know there was at least one person praying and crying out for her grandson to live and not die. And so I think about, I said that, to say this about my Christianity. So when I got born again, at 28 and a half years old, it wasn't fun and games to me. It was real. Back back in those days, they had, this, they had this saying that I don't know where it came from or why they did it, but they'd have it on billboards and stuff around Indianapolis, God is dead. We actually had, they had some kind of movement going on from the hippie days that God is dead. And so I didn't think anything about God one way or another. But when I got born again at 28 and a half years old, I determined if Jesus is real i 'm going to learn how to get along with jesus i 'm going to learn how i 'm going to learn how to pray i 'm going to be the best Christian I can be, and so God put me under people like the Hagans, the Copelands, and lots of other great men of God to teach me how to pray and how to and how to be a christian so that 's what I want to teach you we 've got to know how to pray if you ever come into Christ, a real crisis situation if you don 't know the will of God, how are you going to pray? you know I, I think about the Dr. Caseman, you guys haven't met him yet, but uh, we, we, we were AFCM preachers for a lot of years. He's the first one ordained us. And, and when they got born again, they got, they got hooked up with a denominational group that didn't know how to pray. And so they had a baby that got sick, and those people said, you don't know the will of God. And so they said, you just praise God that your baby's dying. So it, just, it says that everything give thanks. And that's first. Thessalonians chapter five verse sixteen says that everything give thanks. It didn't say thank Him for the for the dire consequence. It said, thank him that he's good, thank him that he's God, thank him that he can handle this, etc., etc. So they were taught wrong, and so they thank God for their baby dying because these they were Christians, well meaning, but they were ignorant of the Word of God. They didn't know the Word of God, so they thank God that their baby was going to die, and their baby died. And you know, for people who lost babies. I just want to say that nothing but great compassion for you, but i 'm telling you when you know when you learn how to pray how to pray the will of God, then you 'll see a sixty some year old pastor get stage four blood cancer come out of it and have ninety nine percent blockage in his heart and come out of it, have a three and a half year old son go crippled and have leukemia and come out of it. when well, you learn how to pray, and so that 's what we 're talking about how to pray the will of God, how to know the will of God when you pray. And so, I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And this is how you know the will of God. It says, all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture, that means the Bible verses are given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. And so, all Scripture... It's inspired by God. God's the one that put in the hearts of people what to write in the Bible. These things to read in the Bible were not just written by men, but by written by men of what God put in their heart to write. And so the written word of God is the will of God. The written word of God is the will of God. And you know, I'm just thinking about some more, some more error I see sometimes. Proverbs 22-6. I've seen that, I've seen, I've seen that butchered for years. Proverbs 22-6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And so, I've heard preachers preach that verse for a year and say, well, you know, God said they'd leave it, but they'd come back. It doesn't say that. Look at my children. I train them up how God wants them to go, and my children didn't depart. So, and so, in other words, you train your children by precept and by example, I've got God's will. God's will is, they'll stick with it. Amen. And we're all under attack. I get attacked to walk the other way. You get attacked to walk the other way. So when we teach our children the word of God, we can pray the will of God that our children are going to make it. Amen. Amen. And so I, I think that preachers do a, 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 an injustice. a justice to congregations when they change that. <coughs> and so anyway, what's the will of God for your children? What's the will of God? Not to depart from it. It didn't say they'll come back, it said they won't depart. And so I'm going to stick with the word. How about you? Okay. So the written word of God is the will of God. God wouldn't will one thing and say another. That's something else you probably need to write down. If God's word is God's will, and another another lie I used to hear all the time that preachers put on people when I first got saved, they say things like this. Well, God never promised to heal everybody. Well, he doesn't do everything. He doesn't do miracles every day. Well, his word says, by his stripes you were healed. His word says he took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses. His word said, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. So I know God's will. I say, well, you know, uh, God may heal you someday. It didn't say that. It said, by his stripes you were. And I'll tell you, I thanked him every day when I went through those cancer treatments. Every day I thanked him. Jesus, I want to thank you already 2,000 years ago. Your word says you healed me. And then sometimes I'd look in the mirror at my body. I'd say, body... You line up with the Word of God. Jesus healed you body 2,000 years ago. Blood, you be whole. Heart, you line up with the will of God. The will of God is you were healed. So body, you better start acting like it now. Amen. Amen. And how how can I pray that way? Well, how can I say that? Because I have confidence in Him. If I say anything according to His Word, I know He hears me. know as He hears me, I know what I have. I know I have what I prayed. Amen. I'm telling you how to know the will of God in prayer. See, it's not very it's not very much confidence to pray the pray the old denominational prayer. Well, Lord, if it be thy will, well, his words his will. Now sometimes in some things in life and making decisions that's not written about which job to take, about marrying a certain person or not, you can always you can always judge fruit. You're not supposed to marry an unbeliever. I mean, you know, the will of God tells you don't be equally yoked together. It tells you those things. But if, if you're going through life and you got serious decisions like that to make, then sometimes you have to pray, Lord, I'm yielding myself to you. I give this job decision to you. I give this relationship to you, Lord. I'm not quite sure. I know that marriage is a big thing or I know that my career is a big thing like that, Lord. I don't know what to do. And so I said, not my will, but thy will be done, Lord. I'm going to follow how you lead me in this. Yeah. Amen. When it comes to healing, <clears throat> his will's healed. When it comes to finances, his will's for you to be blessed. When it comes to marriage, he wants the husband to love the wife like Christ loves the church. Right. He wants the wife to submit to the husband as unto the Lord. Amen. And so, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not any, it's not any really big, 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 uh, choice about how, well, how am I supposed to treat my wife? How do you want Jesus to treat you? Good to That's good. Amen. It's, it's not a big choice on the woman, but how are you supposed to get your husband to treat you more like a lady? Submit unto him as unto the Lord. Now we're not talking about doing wrong things, but treat your husband like you treat Jesus. Amen. And somebody said, well, I would if you acted more like Jesus. <laughs> well, somewhere, one of you is going to have to start the process. Amen. And, and, and so anyway, anyway, uh, the Word of God's the will of God. And when you're praying the Word, you're praying the will. Look at another verse, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. And remember, we're talking about, the subject we're talking about is how you can know the will of God in prayer. Because when you pray, the, pray His will, you're praying the answer. 2 Peter chapter 1, I'll talk about that more in a minute. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, to know the will of God. First, That no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this is saying the same thing. The word of God is written by men, saying what God moved them to write. The word of God is written by men, but they're moved by God what to write. So the word of God is the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. And so when we pray the word, we're praying the will. We're praying the will, we're praying the answer. And so we go back to First John 5, verse 14 and 15 again. And what are we talking about? We're talking about how to get answers in prayer and know that every time you're standing on solid, solid ground. You know, you've got a couple things fighting you. You've got your mind fighting you. You've got the devil trying to throw lies at you and try to pull you off course. When you got the Word of God, you can thank Him for the answer because you prayed the Word. He said, this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything, and let me just change that a little bit. If we ask anything according to His Word, we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, how do we know that He hears us? Because we prayed the Word. And so, if we prayed the Word, we prayed the answer. And so, in other words, when we're praying... I know that me, when I close my eyes and I'm whether it's in public or in private, Lord, your word says. And so, Father, I want to thank you because your word says, I know this is going on. I might not see it. I might not feel it. But your word says, by your stripes, I was healed. As the Lord, I'm standing my ground. If I was healed, I am healed. And, you know, back back to, the, back to the child thing. Lord, your word says, I train up my child in the way he or she should go when they're old and not depart from it." And, and another translation says, as they're growing older, they won't walk away from it. They won't walk away from it. Praise God, they can come back. But I'd rather stand on what I stood for for all my children that they're going to stay with it and see it happen. I mean, I, I'm so, you know, I think about Dr. Barclay. The boy, Dr. Barclay was so happy. With this church this morning, and I think about you know what the work that I've seen all of you do. And as Pastor Dave was up there, he's talking about how wow, said he has really grown. Said he's walking in it. Said he's, I said yes, he has. But you know what? When this started, it didn't start when he got to California out of Bible school. It started when he watched Dad and Mom living at home while we were preaching in church. It started with him, 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 and, him and uh, Joshua. We're doing their play church as kids. You know, when I was a child, I obtained my dad drinking beer and drinking whiskey because that's what I saw. And smoking cigarettes. Saturday morning was always a big day in the Samples house because they had all the drunks over. They all passed out. We got to go get all the leftovers. I was always, We were always happy as center boys where they had rich people over there to leave their money laying around. Man, we'd really get the money they left laying around loose because they were all drunk and didn't know it that we'd get the beer bottles, we'd get the cigarettes. I was so glad when my dad or my mom just bought a fresh carton of cigarettes. Now, we was confiscated about all of them. We had a treehouse we hid them in. And so that's what we did. My children saw us praying together, studying the Bible together. And so they imitated us. Ephesians 5.1 says, imitate your fathers. Imitate God as dear children imitate their fathers. And so Joshua and David, when they were little, they would preach to each other. Joshua would, Josh would play little songs and stuff, beat on a little coffee can, stuff for drums. They did that. You know why? They wanted to be like Dad and Mom, what Dad and Mom did. So that's, we trained them up the way they should go. The way they should go was serving God, what God called them to do. And so the Word of God worked. And so over the course of time, for all the children we had, when the devil's trying to pull wayward, and sometimes we had we had, we had some challenges in life. Not with Joshua Davis as much as others. But we had challenges in life. We had to stand on the word. It would be, Father, we just want to thank you. Your word says, train them up the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Satan, in the name of Jesus, keep your hands off our kids. You can't have them. They don't belong to you. You're not getting them. And Lord, we want to thank you that you're the one that said, we do our part, you'll do your part. And then somebody said, well, you can't never tell what God will do. Well, you might not be able to tell. I can tell. I read the Bible. Well, if I only knew the will of God. Well, I know the will of God my children to be strong Christians. Ephesians 5.1 says they imitate me. Amen. And so you don't have to doubt how to pray in life. The Bible has the answers of how to pray in life. And so this is the confidence we have in Him if we ask anything. I want to say it again according to His Word. We know that He hears us. And how we know that He hears us? Because we're speaking His Word back to Him. Now I want to give you another statement to write down. I got this off E.W. Kenyon years ago. E.W. Kenyon died in 1948, but he was, he was, he was, he was just like Brother Hagin, except before Brother Hagin's time. And he made this statement in one of his books on prayer. I write it beside this verse in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. In every Bible I get, I write this right there by it. Here's what he said. I'm going to, I'll say this a few times so you can write it down. You need to get this. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back up at him. I'll say it again so you get it because that, that, that is such a key to what we're talking about. And I judge my prayer life by that sometimes. When I'm going through things in life I really need answers to, I'll stop and I'll quote that saying with this verse and then I'll make sure that's how I'm praying. Prayer should be God looking down to earth. And seeing a mirror reflected his word back up at him. But God looks down at you for whatever you're going through, whatever's going on. The way you're going to get out of that is when he sees the word coming back up. If you can't pray the word, get the gray tape out. If you can't pray the word, zip the lip. If you can't pray the word, for sure stay off Facebook. Cause I'll tell you what, all those said to prayers huns are not gonna get you out of it. All those, you poor old thing, message me. I got a message for you, if you ask anything according to his will, you know he's hearing you. And all, all those, all those phony friends can't get you out of it. Amen. I'll, I'll tell you what, do you want somebody to feel sorry for you? Are you one delivered. Yeah, yeah. yeah, deliver. yeah, delivered? You know, I think about Matthew chapter 6. I'm not going there, but Matthew chapter 6. How many have read where Jesus said, Pray to your Father in secret from your prayer closet. And your Father which seeth in secret, He rewards you openly. Right. You know what some good old reward reward is I've had the last few years? I don't have to have Robert and Jesse walk me into the church for my car so I don't fall down. That's open reward that I can stand up here and preach. You know what open reward is? That I can walk around ten acres, working around that property there, eight, ten hours a day, and come in and say, I'm hungry. Let's eat. You know, I looked at my little health app the other day. I was telling Dr. Barclay, I did a lot of riding, riding around on my equipment, doing other things, On my property the other day. I looked at my app. I'd walk six hours in between all that. I mean six miles. Just walking around. They're just doing that. And that's talking about a guy who was on a deathbed three years ago. I call that open reward. He said your father which seeth in secret. Will reward thee openly. I would a whole lot rather get answers to my prayers. Than have 2,000 likes. On Facebook. Amen. Well, uh, if, 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 if you don't repost this, that means you don't really love me. <laughs> or get the picture. <laughs> and then do the duck lips. I would rather have Jesus say, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. That's what I want to hear. Amen. Amen. And so anyway, prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflect His Word back up at Him. And so, I I want to give you a few verses. I've talked some, but I want to look at some things of the Word of God to help you develop your prayer life to be able to pray the answer. Look at 3 John, verse 2. Just go over to the right a little bit. 3 John, verse 2. You want to know the will of God? And I want, to, I want to make this statement again. I've said this a lot of different ways. But keep this in mind. When you pray the word, you're praying the answer. Why is that so important to keep on saying that over and over again? When you pray the word, you're praying the answer. That means you have to come up and ask Norma. Norma, what should I do? Well, if you've already prayed the word, why are you asking Norma? Well, uh, Jamie's been a Christian for a while now. I think Jamie probably knows what I should do. Jamie, what should I do? Why are you asking Jamie? If you've already prayed the word, you've already prayed the answer. Why do you think he gave you gave you the fruit of the Spirit long-suffering? Sometimes you have to put up with some junk for a while till the answer shows up. You got the answer in here. That's why so many times, you know, I've, I've noticed over the years of my life that in great victories I've had, because I got the victory back there, when those units showed up there, I didn't do a lot of jumping because I already got it back there. I did it by jumping back there but nobody saw me. So then when the answer shows up, what is there to shout about now? I'll shout. But all the excitement's not there like it was back there when I got it in the Spirit. So when you get the victory in the Spirit and you've got it, sometimes you, have to, you still have to put up with outside junk for a while. Amen. Sometimes it takes a while for the seed to grow. And with the seeds growing, you gotta fight off predators. Uh-huh. Doubt, unbelief, uh, carnal Christians trying to tell you, well what do you, what do you, what, what do you think God's gonna do? How can you know the will of God for this? What do you think God, why, why would God do that for you? Well, I got confidence in this. I'm gonna get this verse here, but it's so, it's, it's so easy when I, when I get talked like this, show you how this works. Does anybody know what First 1 John 1-9 says? If we confess our sins. He's faithful just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, why would God do that for you? You know what you did. Well, I know what I did. But then I got in the will of God. I prayed His will for my life. I confessed my sin. And God said, if I confess my sin, He's faithful just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me. And so I can pray in confidence that God will do this for me from His Word. Because I've got a clean slate. How do you know you have a clean slate for what you did? Well, First 1 John 1, 1.9. He said, if I ask that according to His will, I ask Him to forgive me. And He told me His will. He said, I'll forget it. I'll forgive. I'll cleanse. So that's where I am. And so if you want to have a, have, have a talk about me, then go to Revelations chapter 12. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. So you're siding up with the devil when you're accusing me. I know, I know the will of God because I know the Word of God. And so I determined, I determined as a believer and as a pastor years ago, that if a fellow believer gets in trouble and other believers start attacking that believer, climbing on him, wanting to talk about him, I said, I'm not joining in with that. That's the wrong spirit. That's the accuser of the brethren. And so, does that mean that you condone wrongdoing? No, that means I pray. Jesus said, if you see your brother in fault, pray for him. The Lord will restore him. He didn't say accuse him. And so, well, why would God ever do that for her? You know the kind of life she lived. Well, I know the kind of life I lived. And he cleansed me. And so, I know the kind of life she might have lived. And so, if she says she's confessed... That she's forgiven, she's cleansed, that I can agree with her that what God said His word belongs to her, belongs to her. She'll get it. Amen. How many like this kind of preaching? Amen. It's just you live a Christian life. Amen. This is real. So 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish or I pray. Now look at this. All scriptures give me inspiration of God. Amen. No scriptures of any private interpretation, because these holy men of God, which include the Apostle John, wrote. As the Holy Ghost inspired them, moved them. He said, I wish. So this is God talking. Above all things, that thou'st go broke and stay sick. He says that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy soul prospers. And so I want to tell you this. Based upon 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15, no matter how dire the circumstances look in the money arena or in the health arena, God said, above everything else, I want you to prosper. That means have an abundance and be in health. But he said, I do have a qualification. You've got to have a good spiritual life, even as I so prospers. And so this is the confidence I have in him. If I'm praying about finances, if I'm praying about health, I got my confidence. I know His will for me. His will for me is God told me personally, He said, I want you to prosper and to be in health. And so I can pray concerning my money that I'm not going to go broke. Amen. If I did, I know how to get it back quick. I'm going to stay healthy. If the attack gets through, I know how to get it off. Well, how do you know this is the confidence I have in Him? If I ask anything, according to 3 John 2, I know that He hears me. If I know that He hears me, I know that I have. What do I have? Above all else, prosperity and divine health. How do I know that? Because His word is His will. When I pray the word, I'm praying the answer. Amen. Does this kind of stuff help you in any area of life? Does it help you? Amen. I want, I want to look at one other verse. I know we run out of time. One of these days, Pastor Dave and the government will let us go longer and longer and longer and longer. We just keep on, we just, we just keep on going. But I, I want you to look at Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. There's lots of other stuff I had wrote down here, but I just know we kind of cause the kids have been having to get released and things like that from, and the parents we have to kind of, Wind things down. The Second Corinthians 5, 7. And I'm talking about, as we close this verse right here, what do you do? I heard Jerry Savel preach a message years ago. What do you do between amen and there it is? That's his message. Because when we pray, we say amen, don't we? Well, sometimes we have to say amen, there it is, doesn't show up for a while. And we talked about that. But what do you do to read amen and there it is. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. What that means is this. Our sight is part of the sense realm. In the sense arena, we see things like doctor's reports. We hear things like from doctor's reports. Or we see financial reports. Or I think the case of one of our dear ladies believed uh, God for a job for a long time, finally got the job. Amen. Amen. And so there's lots of rejection sometimes before you get what you're praying for. There's things go on. And so it says, we walk by faith, not by sight. In my Bible, what I wrote beside that verse years ago is this, I live by the word, not by my senses. I don't go by what I see. I don't go by what I hear. I'll go by what the Word of God tells me belongs to me. If He says I'm healed, I'm healed. If He says my needs are met abundantly, they're met abundantly. If He says my marriage is blessed, it's blessed. If He says my kids are blessed, they're blessed. So if you're living by the Word, not by your senses, then what do you do before it shows up? You say, Father, I want to thank you that your word says. I want to thank you your word says that they're serving you, so they're serving you. I want to thank you that your word says we've got more than enough, so we got more than enough. I want to thank you that your word says has been laid on me in the name of Jesus, and I shall recover, so recovery means i are getting better every day. And believe me, when I went through the stuff I did, I thanked him every day. I had prayer for me one time. Well, I got that serious diagnosis. I called the staff together. We had a staff meeting. I had the staff gather around me. I said, guys, I want to tell you something. I got a bad report this week. Doctor said I've got stage four blood cancer. And so I demonstrated to my staff how to pray the word. I said, let's go to James chapter four. We went James chapter four. And I said, I said, you're the elders of this church. I said, I'm calling for the elders of the church. I said, anoint me with all in the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith. He says, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so when you guys pray, I said, you don't need to pray for me again. Because that we'd be calling God a liar. He said, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. I said, as you think about me, just say, thank you, Lord. We prayed the prayer of faith and our pastor is getting better every day. And I had, I had some of my preacher friends got offended at me. A couple of them told me they did. There'd be somebody in here preaching sometime, or I'd be in somebody's church and they'd say, Hey, uh, Bernie, can we call you up and pray for you? I said, No, there's nothing to pray about. And they'd say, You don't want prayer? And I said, I don't need it. The prayer of faith was prayer for me. It prayed for me. God's working. Oh, and then later on the would said, You really upset me when you wouldn't let us pray for you. I said, What is there to pray about? God's already done it. Now you can praise God. That healing power is working in me. You can thank Him if you see me. And sometimes the things didn't look too good. I told the congregation then. I said, if I don't look too good, don't feel sorry for me. The elders of this church anointed me and they prayed for me. So if you see something where I don't look too good, which sometimes it didn't. I said, just stop and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Word of God's working. Our pastor is better every day, every day, every day. And so that's what you do. When you've prayed the Word... That doesn't mean you can't pray anymore. You just pray a different way. You turn it into praise. You say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that I prayed your word says. And so I want to thank you, Lord. That's the answer. And that's how you walk by faith, not by sight. You live according to the word. You speak according to the word. Anything contrary to the word. Say, not devil in the name of Jesus. The word says and that's the way it is. Amen. Amen. That's how you know the will of God when you know the word of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast.